0: Welcome to Homework, the podcast by and for people who work from home. This episode is an old Volvo, as it is number 240. Uh-huh. We're going to talk today about... What are we talking about? Uh, managing time versus tasks. Right, and we're going to get to that uh, in just a few minutes. We want to say thanks to our sponsors, Bottomless and Cave. This episode, you'll be hearing about both of them later on. Hey, Harry. Hey, Dave. So, what's new and exciting here? I haven't spoken to you in about seven days.
1: I know. Well, I have a new job. I, hey, uh,
0: congratulations. Thank uh, you. I'm sure listeners have uh, been following along and people on Twitter and folks. So, uh, congratulations on finding a job in not exactly the easiest economy I to know. find a
1: job. It it wasn't, you know, it, it's something that um, I'm thrilled about because, you know, I really hate living on unemployment. Um, mm-hmm. It's It's not... Exactly what I had hoped for. It's a it's a contract position with the um, possibility and assumption that it will be it will go full time when they they have the funds for it. But you know the Excellent. the whole pandemic situation has changed things, and so um, I'm outside of yep. my original industry. Uh, I, I'm not working in legal right now, um, which is a, a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm I'm excited. I start September 14th. So congratulations,
0: and uh, I look forward to hearing about uh the new gig well as much as you can share at least the uh, productivity aspect of it
1: yes definitely well i'm going to be doing a lot more project management so oh nice i'm, I'm hoping to put things like agenda to use uh which is an app i know um hey scotty is it scott jackson um hey scotty j on on twitter um i hmm. know he uses uh when he does nested folders with um rosemary orchard so that's a good podcast for anyone looking to uh get more into productivity and and put that into their lives Um, nested folders is a fantastic podcast
0: i smell future episodes Mm -hmm. i want to say for all the listeners at home who can't see harry and myself the way we can see each other harry's making me feel very very guilty this week because he is at his standing desk like a good healthy man Whereas I am seated as usual.
1: My standing desk used to be a standing desk. It was where I had my typewriter and I would do my writing on it. Now it has become a record player stand. So I've got my record (laughs) player on top. I've got my receiver underneath it. And then on the bottom shelf, I have this pair of old, like 1980s Bose bookshelf speakers, which are fantastic. They sound amazing. So, uh, But this is where I've clamped my microphone for now because I'm trying to clean up my desk.
0: Very, very good. Uh, we can going to talk about records, because for some reason, my teenagers are way into records. Nice. I know that was a thing with the kids, but it, they are all about it. My daughter's boyfriend has like a vinyl subscription, and he gets records to the house. It's crazy. Oh, excellent. 17-year-olds buying records.
1: Very cool. Yeah, well, they, they have been outselling CDs for um, the last couple of years now, and you can find them everywhere. Crazy. Target sells them. Barnes & Noble sells them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, Christmas is easy. Yeah, just go pick up some records for the kids. There you go. So, uh, speaking of easy, I want to talk about our tools of the week because mine has been on my phone. I was trying to think of how many years I've had a copy of this app, and I I can't. It's been so long Mm -hmm. that I've had Deliveries installed. Deliveries is a package tracker app that I absolutely love, and I've used it for the longest time. It does sync with iCloud. I believe there's a desktop version, but I've never really fiddled with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it lets you track a package from all the major carriers that you can think of, including USPS and um, FedEx and UPS and DHC and so on. And it is just very, very, very good. There are a few things I really like. Um, If you're tracking packages from several uh, providers, the um, uh, text, I guess, for that package is in the color of that company. So if FedEx is delivering it, it'll be purple. If UPS is delivering it, it'll be brown and cracked and damaged. Um, <laughs> it's been super, I think, for me, because I don't have, I don't get mail at my house because I live in the middle of nowhere. I live on a dirt road. I have to drive to the post office to get my mail. So I don't want to drive down there if nothing's there and waste the time. Nice. Um, but it's been very, very accurate about exactly when. It's funny because it'll say it arrived at the post office and I've learned if I go then, I can't receive it. But if it says delivered then that means the postal workers have processed it and put the note slip in my box. Gotcha. So I know exactly when to drive down. If you have a shipping, a tracking number on your um, clipboard, it will recognize it and add to offer it for you. And it's super, super great. So that is called deliveries. Go and check it out as, uh, you know, we can't go shopping anymore. Everything's just showing up at the house. Now you can know when it's going to arrive.
1: Yep. I love deliveries. One thing I would love for them to do, and I know it—it's it, dependent on what service you're using. Like Ooh. I know Amazon has this thing where you can see how far away it is, like how many stops until your house. Um, yeah. And I think a couple of other d- delivery um, companies do this as well. But I'd love to see that kind of thing where you know your FedEx delivery is two stops away. Um,
0: yeah, that's nice. It will tell you where it is where yes. it has been. But it yeah, will where it has you been where scanned it's going next.
1: Right. Um, but yeah, a I couple love times
0: I'll see something arrive in Massachusetts, go into Connecticut, and then return to Massachusetts.
1: That's so bizarre. I've seen that a couple times. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know there's like there's a distribution center in Kearney, New Jersey, but I'll see it go into New York or, or Pennsylvania and then come back around. It's like, what are you doing? Just take it to I my. want to go on a
0: little joyride.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Well, that's my tool of the week, uh, Harry. What is yours?
1: Mine is Keyboard Maestro. Um, I attended Ooh, David nice. Sparks' webinar yesterday. Um, he was he hosted a webinar on. Um, using Keyboard Maestro, using the conflict palettes, and and using Keyboard Maestro based on context. So, for example, he's got different contexts set up. He's got a personal one for, you know, stuff that he does just for himself. He has Max Sparky, so anything that has to do with his podcasts or um, his writing on his blog, that's under a Max Sparky context. And then he has a mm-hmm. business context, I, I believe it was. So he's a lawyer, so he has, you know, legal context. And and what, what these do is using one of three hotkey combinations it was like control command option m for max sparky it would pop up a palette and so he had attached a whole bunch of different scripts and actions to this hotkey combination so if he was doing a max sparky and he needed to jot an idea for a blog post he would do Mm -hmm. uh, control option command m and then uh, use the the letter of the the word he was looking for to get to that blog post idea and it would pop up a. Um, it would take whatever was on the clipboard, drop it into drafts, close drafts, and he could get back to work. It was literally like in and out. And so oh,
0: that is nice.
1: It's really cool. So during the set, the webinar, I was starting to build my own. So one you and I were talking about before was um, I have a, a key combination for gigs. So uh, writing for um, Aaron's podcast, doing this mm-hmm. podcast, um, I have combinations. So when I do uh, Control Option Command G. I can, for now, um, open Notion to the homework um, workspace, which is really cool and saves me a bunch of key clicks. And Mm -hmm. I have another one that will automatically open if I'm writing for Cabinet. It'll open Ulysses on the left side of my screen and Safari on the right side of my screen, and it'll pop me right where I need to be so I I don't have to rearrange Windows myself. So, you know, these are... Yeah, it's really cool. Like these are little things. That, it's not. It doesn't take me more than you know a minute and a half to do this stuff on my own. But it's that minute and a half adds up after a while. So just oh, it to be able to. absolutely does. Yeah. So you know, I don't mind taking twenty minutes out of my day to plan an automation if it's going to be saving me so much time. You know, over the next couple months or, or years. So that's why I love Text Expander too. You know, it, it saves mm-hmm. me a lot of time. So yeah, Keyboard Maestro. It, it it looks it's overwhelming at first, and it took me a long time to figure out how to get it into my workflow because memorizing a whole bunch of different key combinations is not something I'm really able to do. Um, but having one key combination that has 50 things under it that I just have to pick from a list is a yeah. whole lot easier. So yeah. that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I'm, and now I'm just sort of looking for ways to automate my thing. One thing I really want to do. And um, my friend John Welch started helping me with this in Apple script. I want a key combination or, or a script that will run that will go into pages. I, so all of the the cabinet stories are kept in pages Mm-hmm. I want it to pull the number of the story, the title of the story, and paste it into an invoice line by line, so that I can just set in the invoice when it's done, instead of having to oh. manually do it every month. That's the that that's the one nice. thing I'm looking for, and I'm I'm sort of getting it. It's going to take me some time, but that's that's my big project that I want to figure out because that that alone takes me like twenty minutes to do every week every month.
0: Right. Yeah, and I do love working out little routines and automations that are going to t- handle. Uh, repetitive tasks. Yeah. It is a whole lot of fun. You know, there is that balance. Is it worth doing this? Um, I don't know. I really think it is. I've talked to Brett Terpsta about this a lot because, you know, he and I used to work together at AOL. You can find him at mm-hmm. Um And, you know, he's the king of automation. He knows what he's doing. And um, he's talked about weighing the benefits of spending time building the automation. And I, I think we both sort of lean towards, yeah, go ahead and do it. I mean, if something you're going to do once, maybe not, but Otherwise, yeah, you're saving yourself time. Like, like you said, you're saving yourself a minute. If you save yourself 10 seconds, um, you know, 10,000 times, then it was worth building that thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, every every week when we do the show, I edit the show, and then I collect the, the show notes with the links and, and the sponsor text and all that. And I have mm-hmm. that built into a drafts template. So when I activate the drafts template, it creates a new draft in the homework workspace, and I just paste in the links. It automatically has our links for Linktree at the bottom. Um, I take the, the text for the description, you know, Harry and Dave discuss XYZ, and it also has the text for the sponsor read, which goes into a separate section of the, the CMS when we upload the, the, the episode. And mm-hmm. so what's cool about that is I also have a, a short a, a draft in there, a template for tweets. Um, so when it's done, the description that I've copied that goes into the, both the show notes and the draft will also go into the tweet that's generated. And hmm. so, you know, episode two forty is live. Harry and Dave discussed da, da 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 and then links and everything. So I, I have that set up pretty well right now with shortcuts and uh, or not shortcuts with drafts and, and text expander. I gotta say,
0: you've gotten me into the drafts.
1: I love drafts. It's my it's my it's probably my favorite application.
0: I started using it. I watched uh David Sparks had a little thing somewhere, one of his field guides right. that I watched. And um I was just I mean we've talked about it a million times but I'm I'm so impressed with the numerous ways you can get your text out mm-hmm. of drafts. For me that's the most impressive
1: part. Yep, when I was hosting my blog on WordPress, I would have a draft action that would automatically send it to WordPress and populate the the title and the body text and then I would just have to go in and add the tags and publish it.
0: Very cool stuff. So there's a third tool. Yep. <laughs> drafts is almost our
1: eternal tool
0: of the week. It is. Every week,
1: Harry's tool of the week is drafts. gives <laughs>
0: Dave's <is> notion. Yep. <laughs> our sponsor this week is Bottomless, the best way to have great coffee while working from home. Bottomless is a smart coffee subscription. Now, instead of shipping you a bag every week or every month, they ship based on your coffee usage. The coffee's great, too. It's roasted to order and shipped straight to you. Now, how does Bottomless know when to ship? It's genius. They ship you a smart Wi-Fi scale with your first coffee order. You set it up with Wi-Fi once, then just store your coffee on top. The scale learns from your usage and automatically keeps you stocked by ordering your next bag to arrive before you run out. That's called magic, Terry. (laughs) The scale sends an alert before the order goes through so you can modify the order or delay if you want to. It's battery-powered, lasts a year on a single charge, and is about the size of one coffee bag. You can store coffee in a container on top of it if you want, or just in the bag. The coffee comes from a network of excellent coffee roasters across the U.S. It's guaranteed to be roasted to order, and Bottomless uses data science to pick you the very best bag. Now, signing up is really easy. You'll be asked to pick a roast level, size, and price level. Then, just buy the first bag of coffee and the scale gets shipped to you free of charge. Set up the scale with Wi-Fi once and voila, amazing coffee at home automatically. And of course, there's a deal for homework listeners. If you sign up through bottomlesscoffee.com/ I'm sorry If you sign up through bottomless.com/homework, you'll get a second bag of coffee free. What's better than more coffee? Nothing. Signing up supports the show, so if you drink coffee at home, head over to bottomless.com slash homework. Big thanks to Bottomless for sponsoring this week's episode. Well, let's move on to the topic at hand. Today, we are talking about um, time versus tasks at work. I We've talked – well, let's just go through the list. We've talked about this before, and I moved a little while ago to being tax task-based versus time-based because, like we said at the end of last week's episode, which is 239 if you want to go hear it, there's sort of, you know, what we would call the theater of work where you're sort of at the office for eight hours because you're supposed to be at the office of eight hours. And that way you're focusing on time. You're not really focusing on the tasks at hand. I think I started really focusing on tasks um, versus time f- uh, a few years ago when two things happened. Um, one, when Sean Blanc first posted his post about the note. Um, if you've seen this before, I don't know if he does this anymore. Um, but there was a time when he would write down the three most important things he's got to get done tomorrow on a little index card like this mm. one right here and put it down in front of his computer <laughs> so he saw it in the morning. Um, I loved it, and I, I sort of adopted it. And the other thing that had me focus on tasks uh, versus time was David Say's emergent task planner. We've talked about hmm. David before. Mm-hmm. You can go to D-A-V-I-D-S-E-A-H. It is not Shay, It is Say. Uh, He makes a bunch of paper-based productivity tools. Um, He calls the collection the printable CEO, which is really fun and cool. And the Emergent Task Planner is it's basically a to-do list, a glorified to-do list. And next to each item that you're going to do today is a little bubble. Each bubble represents 15 minutes. So he wants you to do two things. One, when you write down whatever it is, staple my TPS reports. (laughs) There's the little circles, right? The little bubbles grouped in four. So it looks like an SAT test, you know, fill in the circle. Well, what David recommends and what I started to do is you put a little dash next to the circle that you think is going to represent how long this is going to take. So if you think it's going to take hmm. uh, an, hour, an hour to do this, you would put the little mark at the fourth circle. because so Each circle is 15 minutes, right? Oh, I see. Then good. as you're working, you fill them in and you start to see, oh, I guessed right or I underestimated or I overestimated. And oh. um, then you sort of, as time goes on, you do more and more tasks and do the same task and you'll get an average. And now you have this really clear empirical data showing how long it takes you to do X aspect of your work. Interesting. This one usually takes me a long time. This one I can breeze through. And now you start to be able to sort these things in your day according to how much time, energy, and time you have. So I know first thing in the morning, I'm raring to go. I'm going to bang out the hard stuff. Once two o'clock hits and lunch is settling in like a sack of cement, I'm (laughs) tired and don't want to do things anymore. So that's when I'll look out the tasks that I've been able to bang out in a small amount of time. And I'll move those to that time of the day. And it was really the combination of identifying the important things and then noticing my own habits, what I'm doing X versus Y and sorting them accordingly that had me really focus on tasks versus the time i'm sat here uh, at
1: my desk cool very nice yeah that was long <laughs> it, yeah that's fine it was um it, i'll skip ahead a little bit in the list but you you mentioned doing the the, the hard stuff in the beginning and yeah. that's that's what a lot of these methodologies preach is to get the hard stuff out of the way first because then everything's downhill after that you know it's, it's a breeze um and and right. i've I've been reading up and it looks like, um, you know, if you're a project manager or if you just, you do a lot of projects, um, set up SMART goals for yourself and SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time bound. Um, Mm -hmm. and these are, um, you know, goals that, you know, they, they are, it says here, the first element is, um, you know, is it, is it specific? You know, it should be clearly defined and you know exactly what you have to do, um, measurable you know how how to measure success and stay on track you know with a new with a numeric measurement of project progress you can identify the actual state of the project on the progress chart and see how much more work remains and time it will take and this also includes you know breaking a a, a task down into subtasks and so you know if your your task is tps report well it's not just the report you know first you have to pull the data from the the crm and then you have to collate the data and then you have to send that data off to some So there, there are all these little tasks underneath um, mm-hmm. your main task. And I, I had taken a sort of a free seminar on productivity a couple of weeks ago. And that, that was the main crux of it. It was, you know, you don't have to clean your office. You have to start by you know, what's on your desk, and then cleaning out this drawer, and then you have to move on to this other drawer, and then the top of your desk. And so cleaning your office really is like 50 subtasks that you have to do. But by yes. doing it, you sort of gamify the whole thing, because you're checking off things left and right as you do them. And you see the progress go. Because if you just have to clean your office, or, you know, clean the kitchen, it's, it's an overwhelming task. And it's almost impossible to get done if you're, you're constantly you have this giant thing weighing on your mind. Right, um, versus you have these easy wins,
0: one after another after another. right
1: um you know achievable is this something that can be it, this is self-explanatory can this be done today is this something that you can get done out of the way today um mm-hmm. and then relevant which is I, I apparently this is sort of interchangeable with um realistic or results oriented um but i mm. it, it means the, the same thing no matter what but um you know they should be relevant to the company mission reflect one or more core values um you know and you is it something that I think needs to be done today? Is this relevant to the the day's activities and the day's task? You know, yeah. some things can be done by the end of the week. Some things need to be done right away. So that's that's really up to you to mm-hmm. prioritize. Um, and then time-bound. You know, time-bound goals involve a realistic time frame to be achieved in order to avoid a never-ending marathon in a project. Each stage must have a defined deadline. Yes.
0: Yeah, so what is that unnatural law? The amount of time it takes to complete a project is equal to the amount of time allowed for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I forget where it comes from, but if I have two weeks to get this thing done or if I have eight hours to get this thing done, it will get done in both scenarios. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's
1: like when we were in school and, you know, oh, your book report is due in two weeks and then it's, you know, the Sunday before the it's due right, right, and you're right. getting it through. And let me tell you, I've never worked better under pressure. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I, I'm sure you've seen that graphic where it's all the work while crying at the last like inch of that little chart. Yep. Uh, I think you know, this is the thing because I also work. I find well under great pressure and I think I've trained myself inadvertently and unintentionally by doing exactly that by waiting until the clock is ticking and it's already dark outside and I'll bang out some really great work. You mentioned this briefly last weekend last weekend, I wanted to mention it to him like if I know, well, if I get up at 710, I can still make that appointment. Mm-hmm. I'll stay in bed until 7 10 and then i won't have a spare minute to i mean i have to brush my teeth in exactly the correct amount of time and take a shower right and if anything happens i'm doomed and i know it like if there's a flat tire or traffic forget it but it's something i do to myself that i i need to work on
1: imagine having a distraction-free workspace at home that requires minimal setup this is possible with the cave Studies have shown that having a dedicated workspace in the home not only improves a person's work-life balance, but also increases their efficiency when working from home. The Cave is a portable office that is easy to assemble and creates flexibility. Simply open the panels, click in the table, and get to work. The Cave was designed with you in mind. Its lightweight structure makes it compact and movable. It can be set up anywhere in your home. Set it up in seconds without any tools or hardware, and when your work is done, it comes down as fast as it went up. Its adjustable panels create a distraction-free space for you to remain focused all day long. Working at home with The Cave gives you the mental separation you've been looking for to keep your work at work and home at home. Visit thecavehomeoffice.com and enter the promo code HOMEWORK to get a free outlet with your purchase of a Cave or Cave Mini. The Cave, your distraction-free workspace. Yeah. And, and these tasks, you know, when, when you have a a deadline like that, where it's a couple of weeks in advance, you know, it, the, uh, right off the bat, your, your goal is, Hey, well, let's get it done now. And then we can move on and do other things. But the problem is, especially nowadays, um, you don't get that opportunity you get a task mm-hmm. that's due in 2 weeks and then literally 10 minutes later you get a task that's due in 10 minutes from now and so <laughs> right. what what you had to do for 2 weeks it gets pushed to the back burner and then by then it's the night before and you suddenly realize oh crap i have to go do this because i have a meeting in the morning and it needs to right. be done and so All you know work, you need, right. Right. you know a lot of this time versus task really comes down to adjusting for that change and being realistic about yes. what you can complete today versus you know what you can complete today in the event, and inevitability, that you are going to get something dropped in your lap in five minutes.
0: Right. Inevitability, absolutely. I think uh, all the work while crying is a strong contender for episode
1: time. All the work, I'll write it down. <laughs> Should we talk about to-do lists? Yeah, let's do it. I, I don't want to get into the, the weeds of apps and, and all that, but really like the how to keep your to-do list and different methods for it.
0: Yeah, I want to preface the whole conversation by saying a to-do list can be good or bad. Yeah. And the way to know if you've got a bad to-do list is the number of verbs. Mm-hmm. All of those tasks should begin with a verb. Clean the car, fix the computer, send the TPS report, staple my TPS report. Um, oil change for the Honda is not a to-do item. That's a project. Right. Or um, vacation in January is not a to-do item. That's a project, anything with more than two steps to be that must be completed before that thing can be considered done is a project. so make sure there are plenty of verbs. I should say the first word of each item on your to do list should be a verb should be the action that you must complete and back towards the um our smart goal. It should be something that you can observe and easily identify and quantify even measure
1: that's excellent advice. I totally agree um i think I think it's also you know not every to-do list is the same and not every person uses a to-do list the same. You might be someone who's really comfortable with OmniFocus and you have context and you have due dates and you have you know reminders set up that will alert you when something is due or the, the day before something is due. For other people, mm-hmm. that might be really hard to keep track of and you might actually just use Apple's Reminders app or you might use pen and paper to jot things down. With that, you run the risk. Uh, with the pen and paper specifically, you run the risk of losing track of things. You know, you could lose the pen and paper. You could, you know, turn the page for the next day and forget that you had something due. That was on the first page, and so you lose right. track of of your your place and everything. Um, one thing I really like are Kanban boards, and you'll see these yeah. in apps like Trello or Notion does this really well. And so you can set up a like a week view of um, or or a status view that's lined up left to right. So let's say you know you're a project manager and you've got a Kanban view. Of you know, um, in pro, uh, let's say planning, in progress, completed, reviewed, and so you sort of drag the the task over depending on what st- state you're in, um, and that's a good way to keep track of your projects. You can do the same thing with days of the week, Monday to Friday, and then you know um, this is this is something I have to do on Friday, so I'll put it in the Friday uh, bin. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and this this also goes back to something August Bradley talks about. There's due dates D O, and there's due dates D U E. Oh, the,
0: have I fallen in love with this?
1: It's it's my favorite part of his whole system. If you don't, even if you don't use Notion, this is a brilliant idea. So the due date D U E is pointless because if it's due on that date, you want to get it done before then. So what right. he has is the due date, D-O. This is the date you're going to do the thing. So it is done in time for the due date or before the due date. <clears throat> so when you set up your to-do lists, don't, don't set the due date, D-U-E, as the date it's due. Set it up as a D-O date that the, you're going to actually do the task.
0: Right. The D-O date allows you to avoid all the work while crying on Friday night. Exactly. Because you've got it done well ahead of time. Yep. That's my favorite thing. I'm very excited about it. I tell people at work about the DO date and I'm promoting it like crazy everywhere I go.
1: It's fantastic.
0: Uh, We talked a little bit about breaking things down into subtasks. This is something I absolutely Mm -hmm. love to do. And I recommend everyone do not only like we said earlier, do you get that easy win, but you don't have this big like hulking ogre of a task looking at you, you know, plan for our move to Virginia is terrifying. I don't want to do that. Um, but, um, research movers, uh, over coffee with my wife, I'll do that. That's great. So yeah, that's something i definitely recommend everyone does. Shall we talk a little bit about writing versus apps?
1: Um, well, we sort of did before. I I do want to talk a little bit about breaking things down into subtasks because what you don't want to do, you don't want to do is you don't want to turn every single task into a project. So this isn't Mm. for something like, you know, Susan calls you and says, Hey, can you get me go into the database and pull me, you know, every fortune 500 company with a billion dollar valuation. And get that report to me, you know, in oh, 20 minutes, because it's going to take Susan. you longer to set up the the project than it is to just do the thing. This is really for <laughs> those, this is really for those things where it's like, you know, we have a slide deck due at the, you know, in a week for a presentation. So, you know, you're going to delegate those slides to three different people. That's where you want to set up a project and you want, you want to set up context and you want to set up delegations and who's going to do what. That's the kind of thing you want to break down into subtasks. But for a quick one-off, you, you don't want to sit there for 15, 20 minutes and break down every individual step. So it's really at your discretion how far you want to go into that. The the right. subtasks really help for the, the much larger projects. That's very true. Yeah, that's very true.
0: Uh, the bane of my existence, multitasking. Um, I think of it as a great way to do three things poorly as opposed to doing one thing really, really well. I know that some people are yelling and screaming at their speakers right now because multitasking has almost become like this uh, religion. Um, yeah, and it's impossible. How well you multitask is almost your your value as a person.
1: I don't like to do it. No, and it's it's impossible to do it. You can't do two things at once. And the time it takes you to finish one thing, you then have to you have to sort of change the way your brain is working to focus on another task, and and that takes time. So it's mm-hmm. it's better to do. You know, one thing at a time. Maybe you have to turn off the internet for a little while, or use one mm-hmm. of those those apps like Focus that will block out Twitter and Facebook and and the web if you don't need the web to do your job. Um, the other thing you can do, and this goes into our next bullet point, which is block scheduling. David Sparks, I know, block schedules everything. He his calendar is chock full of colored blocks, depending on what task he has to do. He has to write, you know, a, a he has to prep for a deposition or something. He has to mm-hmm. do a podcast. You know, it's all in there. Granted, that doesn't account for changes to your schedule. This doesn't account for that impromptu meeting in 10 minutes. It doesn't account for that task that was just dropped in your lap from a phone call or an email. <clears throat> but it does allow you to really set a schedule and get things done. And so this way, you know, the the whole arc of the episode is, well, I spent eight hours at work and I didn't get anything done anything done, but I put in my eight hours and therefore I had a productive day versus I worked from home for three hours, I knocked out my entire to-do list, and I'm ahead for tomorrow. You know, that that that's what this all comes down to.
0: I found two things that I'm writing down so I don't forget. Um buffer time. When Mm -hmm. I was heavy into block scheduling, I still do it, but not as religiously as I used to. I would build in a little buffer time to certain tasks. I might add thirty or twenty minutes to a certain block, knowing I probably won't need it, but it's there in case You know i have to i get a flat tire i have to run out of gas Mm -hmm. or that email comes in that's very compelling and i want to respond to it um it i was moderately successful um sometimes i would use it for goofing off (laughs) but sometimes it actually did serve its purpose so i'm still on the fence if i like doing that or not there'd be times where i say oh well i've got 20 minutes now of Mm -hmm. buffer time left over what do i do and I had this weird conflict in myself, oh, well, I should enjoy my buffer time, go downstairs and make a nice tea, or I should use this to work on X, sort of defeating the whole idea. So I don't know how I felt about it, but the idea was that I was building in almost an escape hatch when, like you said, that email drops into your lap that needs your immediate attention.
1: Yeah and you 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 need those breaks. You need that buffer time. If you compl- mm-hmm. if you're doing a 2-hour stint on working on a report or working on a slide deck, you need at least 15 minutes to just go make yourself a nice tea, take a walk around the block, just to to breathe and stretch your legs and so you're not like hunkered down and and tunnel vision for the entire time because that that's how you get burnout. That's how you you sacrifice your your mental well-being.
0: Right, and you'll be more successful as a worker and as as a thinker. I hate saying that cuz it sounds so goofy but your brain can't process what happened today until you give it the space to do that right and if you're always going 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 it's never going to happen where you're going to have come up with better solutions come up with better strategies or just have a better understanding of what you need to do next when you've given your brain the time to go ahead and do that work which typically happens when you're having a nice tea or playing with a dog or walking around the yard
1: yeah, definitely. And and I'd also, one day I'd like to do an episode, maybe we'll do it next week, it depends, but I'd love to do an episode on just, you know, setting up your workspace and, and making it a, a peaceful and productive workspace for you. I've been down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos of minimalist <laughs> workspaces with, like, giant monitors, one small fake oh, yeah. plant, the, you know, a Logitech MX keyboard and mouse, and, like, that's it. Uh, you know, it's a standing desk and all this stuff. I know. And I you would know- love to. I would love to have a workspace like that. There's no way in hell I could have it because I've got, you know, thousands of books in my home office. I've got toys everywhere, but it's, you know, I've, I've been cleaning my office trying to make myself a nice productive workspace. And that really comes down to cleaning off my desk and and keeping the essentials on there. But, you know, my, I I want it to be somewhere where I can feel productive and comfortable and I have enough light and I have a little bit of greenery to remind me that there are trees outside my window, you know, (laughs) nature exists, nature exists and I'm not surrounded by four walls for my entire life. So, you know, I, that, that sort of leads into all this, you know, take the buffer time to go take a, a breath of fresh air set up your workspace so you have somewhere comfortable and and productive to work you know you're going to be spending mm-hmm. a lot of time here until who knows how long whenever this this pandemic is over um, and if you're a permanent freelancer if you're a permanent worker from home if you're someone who you know your company's based in Boston and you live in Jersey then mm-hmm. you know you you have no choice but to work from home so you know make it a place where you want to be
0: right You know what i almost bought this is so embarrassing (laughs) it it looks like a mouse pad but it's like four feet wide like long and like three feet high okay put it down on your desk and have this fancy little thing
1: i want one of those i want a wool one. (laughs) i was
0: so close the other day to clicking the button
1: (laughs) yeah grove made makes one that i really want and there's one that's really cool because it has magnets around the edges and so it'll um it'll close up around your ipad so it acts as a little oh, nice. sleeve for your iPad. And then when you unroll it, if you have a mouse with you, you can use the mouse uh, on the, the the wool as a mouse pad. I, that's the one I want.
0: Very nice. Well, uh, let's wrap it up a little bit with here. Uh, two more points. Adjusting for change and sending your manager daily follow-ups of what was accomplished.
1: Yeah, we talked about adjusting for change before. I think that's, that's yeah. pretty well covered. But one thing I used to do um, a lot, and I still do, is I always send... My manager, just like, here's everything that that got done today. Here's where these projects stand. You know, you might have a weekly meeting with your manager um, and that's fine, but you also want to keep them in the loop. And so if they have a meeting with their manager, who's asking where does X, Y, Z stand, they right. have a, a, a roundup of what you have worked on. The other thing this does is it shows them that you are being productive, especially now, because as we talked about on – I might have been the last episode. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Time time is just a soup now, and I don't know what day it is yeah. or what's going on. Um, but right. you know, we talked about how um, employers – some employers don't trust you. They want you on video chat every day, all day. They want you mm-hmm. – they want to see you working. They want constant check-ins. One place I worked – uh, when they implemented the work from home policy, it was you need to tell your manager every time you get up to go to the bathroom. Like oh, that. It, it's such a morale killer. And that's that, it's like that an kind Amazon of Amazon warehouse it, it, worse, Uh <laughs> 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 maybe not worse because the bathroom isn't 15 minutes away. But right. the but, you know, you you want to set this this precedent that you are trustworthy and that you are getting things done, because if you are someone who is working for three hours a day and, and, you know, taking the rest of the day off, even if you're like sort of half paying attention to your email, you know, you want to show them like, Hey, I'm not slacking off here. I'm getting everything done and here's everything I got done. So, you know, it's, it's a good idea at the end of the day, just a quick email, maybe as you, you complete each task, just sort of keep a draft open or a notepad file open where you just jot down the thing you did and then just paste it into an email and send it to them at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. I, uh, there's a few people who uh, every Friday I just send a little wrap up. Yep. Like here's here's where X Y and Z are. And it only takes me 10 minutes to do. Um, I have basically the boilerplate in Text expander. All I have to do is pop in a couple details here and there. And it's it's 10 minutes to send it to like four people and I'm done.
1: Yeah. And if you're if you're someone who doesn't have a manager, if you work for yourself, if you're a freelancer, it's it's a good journaling technique. You know, here are the things yes. I got done today. And then you can see your productivity over the course of the week and the month and the year.
0: Yeah, that's very reinforcing to go back and look at the things you've got done. That's mm-hmm. a very good way to go to record those wins and notice that you are making progress. When you are everyone from the CEO to the custodian, it could be hard to feel like you're making progress because you're, you're aware of everything. And yep. recording those wins in a place that you can go back and refer to is a huge way to do that.
1: All right. So I think that covers everything.
0: I think that covers everything. Uh, I'll talk to you next week, Harry. Go enjoy your coffee. Did you get a new bag recently? Because I know that. uh No, but I'm low. Did you say last time you just got a new one?
1: I had just gotten a new one. Although I got I can, a new one. I can, I'm I about two or three scoops away from that that email notification, so I know I'm getting another <laughs> one soon. Oh, oh, you you've got it down to the scoop. I am my own scale now. I it's <laughs> kind of incredible.
0: Listeners, Harry will come to your home, and heft your bag, yeah, and let you know how how long you can expect your new coffee to arrive. Definitely. All right. In the meantime, uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends about the show. You can find me at my link tree, which is uh, slash David Calo and Harry. Uh,
1: Linktr.ee link slash hcmarks. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode at 5by5.tv slash homework slash uh, 240. Mm-hmm. Make sure you look for us in Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review um, and find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah,
0: those star ratings and reviews really help. They help other people find the show. So go ahead and do that. It will be your special thank you Mm -hmm. to Harry and me. Uh, In the meantime, uh, go get some work done. Bye. Bye.